I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Welcome to Hooked On, I'm Celeb with me, Fanula J. The celebrities woke up and decided to busy themselves with various chores and exercises this episode. Mo ran around the castle while Shane Ritchie had to clean out the privy, aka he had to make the big barrel of poo disappear. Interesting. Joining me with their take on last night's episode is podcaster Brie Brown and comedian Michael Fry. You're both very welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thank you very much. So we had a lot of people facing nightmares in this episode, probably starting with Shane dealing with the poo situation in the privy. Michael, I'll start with you. How do you think you'd deal with that? Or what kind of role do you think you'd take on if you were in the camp? I think I'd be fine. I'd be fine with like poo and stuff. Like really, like <laughs> genuinely. I just think like, because like the worst thing you can do in I celebrity is like eat testicles and stuff so everything below that i think i'm game for i'm totally fine you know what i mean i've, I've cleaned up like mouse shit and like dead birds and stuff and, and jobs i've had before so like no nah, human food that's fine thin end of the wedge for me to be honest what a flex so, i love how you just come in here like <laughs> bucket full of poo yeah. done it all guys Reed, what about you do you think shane overreacted or do you think you'd be in a similar position absolutely getting the tony gawks doing it no, he was, he was being such a wah-wah baby. Like she'd already done, the heavy lifter was already done. He All that was needed was a hand to like move it. Like the lid was on it. Like what's her, what was the lady's name? Was it Victoria? He Victoria, went God love her. I can I never remember her name. Is, there's a few of them that are fading into the background for yeah. me. And I love her yeah. positivity, but she's one of them. So Yeah, yeah. but she'd done all the heavy lifting. She's a real doer. And I respect that. She's definitely mm. like a mom figure in the group. Yeah, I wonder will this end up causing kind of friction in terms of people doing jobs or not doing jobs because we're still very early doors, but I can see that happening, to be honest. Um, Another topic of discussion that came up was how often the contestants changed their underwear where Jordan admitted that he hadn't changed his in three days. Um, Jessica was absolutely shocked at the news, only for AJ Pritchard, who I was surprised (laughs) by, to also say... Oh, no, I haven't changed them either. Who we've heard nothing from until right now. That's the only thing I know about him is that he doesn't change his underwear, like, you know? I'm so surprised at how quiet he's been. I really anticipated him to be like cha-chan around the fire or at the very least, to be honest, like kind of mucking in and doing jobs or whatever where he kind of hasn't been. And then he just comes out with these declarations where he's like, yeah, I don't wash my knickers regularly. <laughs> and we're just, oh. everyone's sitting around being like, I feel like he's just trying to join in because earlier, like when they did the family fortunes thing, they were like, oh, how many people talk about the weather or whatever? And he just goes, that's all I talk about. And it's like, okay, well, maybe that's why we haven't heard anything from you. Like, do you know what I mean? They just haven't spoken about the weather yet. So, you know. Yeah, that's exactly what I imagine locker room boys chat to be. It's just like, do you change your underwear? No. <laughs> he's no, like, I never change your underwear. what the lads would say. <laughs> but like, I don't think I buy it. 
Can you give any insight into that, uh, Michael? Because I've never found myself in a boy's locker yet. Oh, no, I do. I regularly change my underwear. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Hooked on in Slave exclusive. Michael Fry changes his underwear. <laughs> Glad we bagged that. Um, you mentioned the chat about family fortunes and Vernon Kay doing his bit, talking about, like, straight in there after they did the Dingo Dollar Challenge, but we'll get to that. Mm. Um like just flat out, just started reeling the stats off. Like it was absolutely nothing to him. And I don't know, I obviously can't speak for the 2E, mm. but it did something to me. It made me feel things in no, my mind. What a sexy man. He was, I just, it was something about the combination of him knowing the stats, knowing yeah. the top answers <laughs> of, what was the question? Name things something that you couldn't swallow. Like it was, it was him knowing that toothpaste was the top answer. I was just... And the, there were sexual undertones to every question he asked. Every poll he had had like a dirty oh. answer that no one dared to give. But he was waiting for it. Very sexy a, like. It's he's... such a specific sexual fantasy. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the, the guy from Fantasy Football. Or, yeah. Surveys. But it's not just Vernon Kay. It's, the, it's Vernon Kay and the surveys. He just, yeah. he just rattled them off. How do you feel about I... Les Dennis in that case? Are you kind of similar vibes or is it kind Les, of... Les, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we have a podcast long enough to get into the Les Dennis thing. But hey, yeah. maybe next time. Maybe next Are we surprised by how illiterate Mo Farah is? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god the knees and the knobs and the, the swallowing toothpaste I, do you know what it kind of made me like him more because yeah, yeah that he's a bit weird yeah you know because he seems a bit too squeaky clean he's too like middle exactly. England but when he says something weird like that you're like okay you're a freak I like that yeah. you, know? <laughs> you a freak Mo uh, <laughs> Does, like you wouldn't expect it from him. Of all no. the people in that camp, you wouldn't expect him to turn around and be like, yeah, I swallow toothpaste, don't you? It's just something he's never discussed before. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why he runs so fast. Maybe like swallowing toothpaste or toothpaste is part of his diet. And it's that's like just something that... <laughs> that's a secret, girls. Yeah. That's a secret. We'll need it for our 5Ks and our 5K radius. Am I right? Don't eat toothpaste, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> um, we did briefly speak about the Dingo Dollar Challenge that was undertaken by Holly and Giovanna, which has been renamed the Castle Coin Challenge. Sorry, uh, the time difference hasn't adjusted in my that. brain, clearly. And it was yeah. eat your word. So they basically get to match quotes that the celebs in the camp had said to like these kind of they weren't mannequins it was like a painting with holes instead of mouths and we learned some interesting things we learned that Beverly is going to plaster Giovanna's house when they get out of the camp so good for her always good to have options you know side hustles all that jazz and back to AJ and who simply just said he wants to be Bruce Forsyth now I wonder in what way Bruce Forsythe was a dancer. He was a tap dancer, wasn't he? He yeah, was, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. So it wasn't just... like a massive leap. No, yeah, he's, he, know, would, he would be the person like, I would be like, he said that. Do you know what I mean? That's the first person you guess. So it like, just goes back to the thing of, oh, here he is again, like talking about the weather and his heroes, Bruce Forsythe. Do you know, I'm just like, could you try and pretend to be cool? Like, could yeah. you try and, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was an interesting one. And obviously they had to deal with Kiosk Kev. Kiosk, not Kiosk, Kev. What is his name again? Quinlan. Kiosk, None of us. I'm not sure any of us got that right, but no. it's not Kiosk, Kev. But they did have a picture of him in this ye old shop, um, which was very nice. And they all had a good laugh. And they basically got a question about the weather, which they had to answer. 
um, the campmates had to answer, how many Brits talk about the weather? And it was 44% or 26%. Now, I was quite surprised by this. What about G? Maybe it's just because we're obsessed with weather. I really thought it would have been. I thought about it, but I haven't had a conversation like that in quite some time because I've been inside for a whole year. So maybe that's it. Um, (laughs) So they lost that, unfortunately, much to the... Well, I was going to say the chagrin, but the guys back at camp weren't really that bothered. But I did laugh at the fact that they came back in and they were like, way! And Giovanna and Holly were like, you you literally got it wrong. We could have brought back Welsh cakes and it, this is your fault. Like, And then they're like, oh, oops, They cheer sorry. at everything though, don't they? I don't think they really... They're yeah. incredibly enthusiastic. And I'm just wondering, is it a case of, has the hunger and the tiredness not really set in yet? Or has it set in so much that they're actually delirious? I think they're just delighted to be out. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, they're yeah, exactly. They're delighted to be out of lockdown and like around other people. So this is like a treat for them, I guess. And like Welsh cakes as well. Like, what even are Welsh cakes? Like, you can't miss something you don't know what it is. Like, because Welsh yeah. cakes it could be some like weird euphemism for something. Like Holly described Welsh cakes as like flat scones, which I mean sounds like my personal hell. Right. To be honest, why would I want my scones to be flat? I want them girthy, like you know. <laughs> and then someone explained yeah. what t- twiglets are to me, and I'm still not what are fully twiglets? sure. I don't think they massively missed out here. You know, the ones where it's like they're offered like twisters or calippos or something or like proper, like a choice between biscuits or crisps or something. They're the ones where you'd be fuming. Yeah. So we'll have to see future ones. Hopefully they'll get sorted with them with a few treats. Actually, before I move on to the next thing, did anyone else notice when Giovanna and Holly were doing the task and uh, Holly's quote related to her being like a good singer, like unsuspectingly. And Giovanna was like, oh, you won't sing for me. You won't sing for me. And Holly was like, oh, no, like I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to sing. And then the, the minute she got a chance, yeah. was, uh, <laughs> I'll rise up. Like she is that person at the party that's like, or do you know when you were younger, and you'd be growing up and you'd be with your friends and one of the friends could sing and they'd be like, oh, I'm going to sing now, but you can't look at me. I have to turn and face the wall. Oh, That's, yeah. That's going to come up again. The kid in the supermarket that sings so they in the hopes that they'll get discovered. <laughs> <laughs> just like walking around their mom, just like giving it loads. Oh, but Giovanna's oh, used yeah, to being, being serenaded. So that doesn't surprise me that she was so like pushy about it. I, I, mm. the, the two yeah. of them, I just think they're just so, they are background characters. And I, like, I, I thought it was really funny that they put the two of them together because I actually couldn't tell the difference for quite some time <laughs> in that like, you know, there is one obvious difference, but like, I don't, like, I don't know them. I don't recognize them. And like, they're in the background all the time. And now they're, they're on the task together. And I still don't remember a whole lot of it. So it's kind of like, I just feel a cast this year isn't as good yeah. as it usually is. And I think they're just... Considering you know, that Giovanna as well was second favourite twin. I, she was one, she, I picked her as my winner and I love her and I just don't think she's getting the airtime, but I, it is mm. because she's really boring though. I just don't <laughs> think she's, she's... She hasn't come out of her shell yet. She hasn't. Or is it a case if she hasn't been able to show anything yet? Yeah. Like, because mm. you've characters that are as strong as... Jordan and like obviously household names you Vernon Shane people are going to care about them more Dave they've already kind of established themselves and even Mo to a lesser extent I think they're the people that are kind of they're involved in things they're saying things they're the people that come up in constant conversation whereas Jessica's another one Jessica is just like and I I love her and Mm. I just I want them to I want them to kind of not let themselves fade as much as they are currently. Yeah, but are they aware of that? That could just be 
editing like as far as yeah. they're concerned they could be having a great time they could be really funny and then they come out and they're just like well fuck there was no <laughs> i've no highlights whatsoever from that experience you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. jess is just a bit of a cheerleader for everyone else like they they mm. just use her for talking heads where it's just like oh jordan he's so funny or wasn't that great and then that's all that's yeah, all she said I, I feel like that's victoria dervish's function as well and not like she's very yeah. she's able to tell a story but that is it like i'm getting nothing else from her like she's not crack and I feel like there's very few of them that are actually like good crack this year. Like maybe we need a bit of conflict or maybe more bush sugar trials. We need a bit of kissing. Of... We need a bit of romance. We need a bit of kissing. Yeah. Who do you want to be kissing? Oh, so, like who who is I actually supposed to get together? Like, you know, I don't know. like this is the oldest lineup they've had in like year. I think it's the oldest one, like average age. Sorry, but Michael, old people can fall in love. <laughs> and old people can kiss, as oh, far as I'm aware. They, they've had their chance, right? Old people can kiss. <laughs> there's nobody in their prime, all right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I think Bev would have something to say about that but anyway we'll say no more um, what do you think of Shane Ritchie's Tom Cruise go-karting encounter what a bizarre but great story to have in your back pocket was yeah. he milking it a bit though like were they just go-karting the same day I don't, <laughs> do you know I, what I mean I just find it so bizarre that Tom Cruise would know who Shane Ritchie is and request yeah. him specifically you know what I mean and then go for points with them and stuff I just think it's really but then like Shane Ritchie I think probably was a lot more famous like back then I think we take that for granted as him being like the East Ender guy when I mean he's done so much more otherwise. But I do get your point in that. Imagine getting a phone call. Imagine Tom Cruise specifically requesting your presence. Like that's <laughs> to go and like not even like let's go for a drink. And I know they went for a drink after, but specifically to go gold karting. That does sound like something you'd make up. It does. It's just. But at the same time, it's also not because I can imagine Tom Cruise absolutely yipping around the track, like only doing wheelies and all, <laughs> delighted with himself. Oh my God. What's been, have you had any strange celebrity encounters that you can divulge? I have bumped into Matthew Broderick and a spar in Donegal. Interesting. Oh, wow. What was he buying in spar? I can't remember. He was definitely looking in like the freezer section, you know, towards the front that had probably like sausages and butter and stuff. But I just remember I was really young and he was wearing bright blue runners and I didn't know who he was. And I remember my dad being like, see that man in the bright blue runners? I was like, yeah. He was like, it's Inspector Gadget. <laughs> he was literally like, yeah. He When he left, we left then and he was like, do you see that man? That was Inspector Gadget. Because uh, that was all I'd seen at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Uh, His most that, iconic role, I would yeah. argue. <laughs> what about you, Michael? Any um, celeb um, run-ins? So my cousins live in a part of Manchester where lots of footballers live. And we okay. went to mass one day and I got communion and I turned around and Roy Keane was behind me in the queue. And that was like just really uh, weird. <laughs> just really, really surreal. So yeah, that's it. That's the only kind of... Roy Keane is not a person I imagine that queues. So this is stunning information. <laughs> he looked angry, me. yeah. But I feel like that's just his face. Like, do you know what I mean? That's just his... Uh... <laughs> It's, it's just karma rage. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't even rage. wave in mass or anything, can you? You can't even be like, love, love your work. <laughs> love your work. <laughs> I don't love know you much do about soccer ball. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Vernon K and flex on you all. Um I played uh, Lion King oh, with yeah. Colin Farrell at my cousin's twenty first. Don't oh. ask me how one plays Lion King, but we did. Yeah, you were very young though, you should I don't remember it, but it happened. Yeah. So I wish it was last week. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's their bizarre celeb encounters. Then we got to our Frights of the Round Table, which was the challenge. Uh, Bev, Jordan and Vernon got very stuck in, I would say, for the first eating challenge. Vernon had said previously that he thought he'd do 
pretty well, kind of mind over matter. Like we've seen Jordan does not fare well on tasks generally, but has done pretty Jordan well up until now. Jordan does not fare well at all. <laughs> Jordan does not fare well. <laughs> Just He's a very special boy, as he was described later on. <laughs> um, and obviously Bev was there as well and eating the vegan options. They all did very well, which I don't know if this is a masochistic thing to say, Mm. but I was kind of rotted. I was kind of rotted that they got the 10 stars and I wanted them to suffer a little bit more. And I know they probably did. And it's very easy for me to say that when I'm not sticking genitalia in my mouth. But I just, I don't know, I wanted a bit more. Mm. So what's the word? Like, Come up and it's not the word, but anyway. I think the dishes though this year weren't great because I think it's because there was that whole animal rights thing about not eating live animals, but it's also like the Australian thing. So they can't put like stick insects in their mouths. There's no witchy grubs. There's none of like the the really, really disgusting kind of live stuff that was before. So like all we got this week was eyes. We got awful. And then we got like weird fruits and stuff, which isn't, it's not the same as it usually is. Because usually there's more mm. bugs. Were the, the deer's testicles like full of semen Don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Because that like, I take a witchy grub any day over that cracking in my mouth, I think. Yeah, it's the it's the texture of everything, and even with the eyes, when Jordan was eating, everything pops. Yeah, yeah, when he when he was eating that pie that had eyes in it, he looked like he was seeing through time when he was eating it, and like all I could imagine (laughs) was like kind of the crunch. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. The camera angle and the lights for Jordan, though, they'd set that up like they were like, Jordan's going to sit there. We want nothing but close ups and lights just on him. Like the yeah. others didn't get the same treatment at all. Might as well have been getting a bloody colonoscopy, like yeah. literally just the camera in his mouth. Like wide angle. Um, Ant and Dick <laughs> were mad stirring it up as well, because I think you could see with Vernon when he was doing a few of them, not the testicle one, but the one previous, he was just able to kind of shut off that part of his brain that was like, this is disgusting. What am I going to do? But then you can see Anton Dick. Do you know when they start asking about what it tastes like in comparison or like stirring it up? Yeah. I just yeah. want to dig them in the head because that you know it takes them out of the moment and you know all they taste then is like the salt and the texture and the disgusting stuff. They're so good at it though. Little Geordie weasel. But it's funny, like you want them to vomit. Like you want <laughs> you want something dreadful to happen and they just kind of, they like to push it like. Yeah, they're antagonising and they love it. Bev got her dread and butter pudding, fermented tofu, only been a vegan since March, feeling very hard done by, I would imagine. She did surprisingly well though. I think I said last night that I wasn't sure how she'd get on, especially mm. given the first task where she was kind of a bit slow and she's very hard on herself after. So I'm wondering, is she going to be kind of a secret weapon for the eating challenges? But will she still struggle on the more practical or kind of physical stuff? Yeah, I think it's the bugs and stuff because there's there's a hilarious thing the other night with the things in the pocket and she's like, you know, and and her like lifting her top up to get rid of the bugs and they're all in her hair. And so I don't think she likes that stuff. I think she's okay with food. But like anything physical, yeah, I I think they're going to struggle there. And like the majority of the tasks are physical. They're to do with animals, they're to do with bugs. And like they seem to like, like the last few seasons, they just seem to pour insects and crickets on them. And that that happens all the time now. So I don't know if she's going to fare that well outside of this. She is a bad bitch, though. Well, she got yeah. like straight in. She's a bad bitch when it comes to eating. And I did love how Vernon kind of leapt in and kind of preempted backlash from her only getting like 
gone off tofu and he was just like, oh, that smells worse than anything we've had, though. Like, I wouldn't take that in a week or whatever. And I kind of love that he was like minding her a bit. They were really out to mind her. I love they how really worked well together. Yeah. And Vernon yeah. is that whole, like, they were very much a team and were very much into it mentally, physically supporting each other. And it was a very much all for one one for all attitude, which I enjoyed. I love the camaraderie. Do I want the drama? Yes. Do I love the camaraderie? Also, yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, obviously, stage fright is the next challenge. They think that all 10 of them are taking part. And that's what I thought until again, those crafty Geordie Weasels mm. and Deck came in and announced we were actually getting... Two new campmates. Very exciting. Russell Watson, West End star, singer, and Ruthie Henshaw, who was also West End star, singer, previous judge on Dancing on Ice, if anyone remembers that. That's what uh, I remember. That's where I know her from, yeah. Okay. I, I heard the name. I was like, Ruthie Henshaw, straight to the Wikipedia, and knew straight away. What do we think about the new contestants, Breed? When I saw Ruthie's silhouette, I was like, yes, Martina McCutcheon. <laughs> and then I was just, just straight away disappointed. Like I I have never heard of either of them and I am a big musical fan, but that's that doesn't mean they're not very very good or whatever. <laughs> I just don't care about them. I think they should have kept maybe some of their heavier hitters to go in later. I think if it was Shane Ritchie going in, I'd be a bit more excited. But they're just a bit low grade compared to like some of the better characters in there. Yeah, I think they've come in very early as well because usually they think it's like a few more days before they bring the two in. But yeah, it probably is because they're just not famous enough. It's not the same as like, you know, Andy Wyman and your man from EastEnders coming in last year or like... Yeah, Noel uh, Edmonds. Oh, do you remember when Noel Edmonds came in? Oh, I lost my mind. What a series. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I wish Noel Edmonds could enter every stage of my life like that. I would bring me so much happiness. <laughs> um, do we reckon the two of them could ruin maybe the family dynamic that everyone has going on? Because... Not to maybe judge book by their cover, but I already think Russell Watson is a bit annoying. This, yeah. He just, I feel like he but might be... still want, though. He's been on screen for like 10 seconds. Like, he like had the, I, I relate to him in a way because big he's... Big arsehole energy. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that, but you know, again, <laughs> I just feel like if you consider the amount of really positive people that are already in the camp, like mm. Victoria and Jessica and whatever else, and then you have Russell kind of thrown into the mix, like the balance, I think, especially as people have off days, and things kind of uh, as people struggle with things more I feel like and especially because he's going in three days later and isn't really dealing with all the stuff that they've been 
I just feel like if he's going around singing, singing in the rain or whatever, breathe, give me a musical song, whatever they're singing. <laughs> I just, I feel like something, something might kick off. And then again, yeah. maybe that's me with my fingers crossed by my back hoping for it to happen. I think there's like, at the minute, there's not, there's no real like look at me, look at me characters that are mm. like mm. out there looking for attention. Maybe Shane Ritchie a bit, but I don't think he means it. Whereas I feel like this guy is going to come in and be like more like give me all the attention. The like yeah, Ruthie will be fine. The girls will take her under their wing, but I have I just I just don't feel good about him. Mm, yeah, well, I feel like Shane Ritchie was kind of like a to make everyone else feel comfortable. He was very kind of bright and happy and kind of just joking with everybody and that's what that felt like it didn't feel like you know I'm trying to get attention from everybody else so I quite like him at the moment I thought Vernon Kay would come out a little bit more you know with the with the happy chappy kind of stuff mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't happened and there's an odd like sadness to Vernon Kay that I'm kind of noticing yeah. <laughs> compared to like Shane Ritchie like sadness yeah. in his eyes He's still very yeah. guarded yeah yeah for sure I think we're going to see that slip though someone's going to yeah. mention the daughters and he's going to crack like a cold vionetta and um, what do we think about the new location and Wales could we possibly see them making a permanent move do you think if this series goes well what do you reckon no I think this is winter love island I think it's just kind yeah. of we have to do it it's not the best we haven't got the best cast even like the production is a bit off and that like uh, last year it was like during Australian hours so you'd do the trial in the morning and then you'd have loads to edit because you have the trial and the chest and you'd have all the day and then it would go out at night time in the UK so you've all that time to kind of make a better show whereas this I think it's a lot more tight like there's tighter schedules yeah. and all that kind of stuff so Like when are they eating dinner now? Are they eating dinner at like half two at night because this, it's all going out live is there's a whole like sleep schedule pushback I can't get my head around that either yeah, I don't, I don't understand how they've done it, but I, I definitely feel it's impacted something. It feels a lot more sparse or something. Like there's not less, like there's no creepy crawlies really around the campsite. There's no kind of like, like the camp itself had things to do in it, and you, they were collecting water and they're getting wood and stuff. And I, I know we have the boiler room, but it's not the same. And there's, I just feel like there's something really missing, and I think that's probably Australia. Yeah, I miss the rope bridge as well. And I yeah. missed the, I missed them in their bikinis and their hats and like the sun and the heat and the water bottles. We just don't have it. Bring back my water bottles. <laughs> Brie Brown, Michael Fry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And I'm very much looking forward to chatting to you both again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Now on Hooked On, I'm a Celeb. It's this week's big interview. Andrew Maxwell. His time in camp during last year's series caused the internet to go into a mild meltdown. There were claims he was being bullied by fellow campmate Ian Wright, he refused to do the dishes at one stage and generally looked pretty miserable for most of his time in the Australian jungle. A year on, how does Andrew Maxwell feel about the experience of taking part in I'm a Celebrity and did himself and Ian Wright finally kiss and make up? Let's find out. A year later, do you look at the experience differently or how do you assess your time in the jungle now given you've had a bit of breathing space to kind of separate yourself from it and kind of decompress I just couldn't stop thinking to myself that was that was 11 months ago because it feels like it was five years ago I mean it's it's because of everything that's happened in in our world in the interim period you know COVID relentless American election you know there's been a lot on so you know and Liverpool obviously finally of course finally finally uh reclaiming our place on our perch as is God's holy law 
<laughs> but you know what I mean? It just doesn't, it's, it's more that. It's Fanula. It more just feels like it was years ago. But it, the, when, it, when the music started yesterday, I was like, God, fuck. All those, the nerves. Because what most people don't know, even people who are really kind of hardcore fans of the show, and they come, by the way, this, I will come back to the question I had. But one of the things that people don't realise is the Versace Hotel where all us are staying, all the campmates who've been evicted and families and whatnot, we're, the rest of the hotel is just open to the general public. And I'm a celebrity super fans book their holidays to be in the hotel at the same time as ah. us and the production. So you're by the pool. There's no segregated area. You've got the t- British tabloids snap, snapping away at you, popping out from behind fucking palm trees, take pictures of you. And you're sat by the pool, you and your loved ones, beside uh, Terry and June from Bolton, <laughs> who, who are just there because they're ultra fans. That is insane. And you're just there like, here, leave me alone. I want to do my cannonballs. <laughs> no, I mean, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be in the zone. You've just got to go with it, you know? God, it's such a dedicated fan base that I think people don't realise. Because I think there is just a thing of everyone's passively oh, watching and... No, no, not I'm a celebrity. It's like, you know, as, as, as the day, because I was second out, but uh, as the days go by... Uh, you know, everybody who's watched the show will have seen the scene, you know, where you're in the lobby of the Versace and each one comes out and your loved ones greet you and there's a little round of applause. But that builds as the days go on. Mm. With, uh, you know, Gold Coast, Surfers Paradise, it's, it's up in Queensland. It's basically the Spain of Australia. Right. right? So there's a lot of Brits and Irish, but particularly Brits, expats, who've moved there to live and work in the sun. So similar demographic to the Brits that uh, that would uh, an Irish that would be down in Spain. So the, so there's in the lobby there's five hundred people. That's just intense. Gathered. Like intense. Yeah, just, ga- just gathered five hundred and as it builds, like you know, when the finalists come out and the winner comes out into that you know lobby, like it's like a thousand people. It's like it's madness. It's like. It's absolutely madness, but sorry to come back. So even dedicated fans don't know this. For a week before you enter the jungle, or in this case, the castle now, you were under lockdown, a term that everybody knows now, but people didn't know before, where you're basically, you're sequestered in a hotel room, right? Like as if you're a key witness in a mob trial. Uh, You have a chaperone like you're a beauty pageant contest winner rather than a middle-aged Irish comedian with a broken <laughs> nose, right? But you, you live, you've got your chaperone lives in the next room to you. You have you, all your electronic devices are taken off you. Your phone's disabled. You're only allowed, to, you're not allowed to see the news. You're not allowed to know what time it is. And that's how you live for a week before what everybody sees, like what everybody saw yesterday with the celebs in the helicopters or the celebs arriving in luxury cars and doing the abseiling and whatnot. That was a week of just total isolation. I just had myself and my attractive Brazilian lawyer, who was my chaperone. It's just, it's just, just me and the lawyer. My chaperone. <laughs> so nerve-wracking. Terrifying. Terrifying. That's yeah, because it's so, you know, what you see 
they're they haven't literally you know people are like you know loads of people don't even think you live in the jungle they think it's fake and you're but you're there and it's the same with the castle they'll be right now in a damp castle in north wales you know but there's that that builds the tension incredibly you're so so nervous so like you're shaking like a leaf you know and the other thing is that people don't realize is that in that phase of the show you're blindfolded everywhere you go so i'm so, nervous even thinking about it even being in that position like yeah so so the guys who, who came in the cars and they you know oh well, we're in a car what they will have just had the blindfold taken off them and out of shot at all times there is a retired special forces soldier like in the jungle, you 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 were there. We're there living in the jungle. Then there's the cameras, and just behind the cameras, because the cameras are built into rocks and crannies and everything, yeah. But just behind them, also living out in the jungle with us, is retired Aussies SAS. They have to be there because there's two killer animals that are Brandon just nerve wracking. Grand and well, yeah, the, there's a brown snake and there's the funnel web spider. Both of them lethal. I mean, they have the antidote on hand, but like, you still don't want it. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, still, it's still not good. Definitely yeah, not. There's a, there's a reason why St. Patrick drove those <laughs> shoulderless beasts. <laughs> the big talking point, I think, from your time in the jungle was your relationship with Ian Wright. Yeah, what sure. were your right. initial thoughts of him before heading into the jungle and meeting him in the flesh? Oh, I think it's, that's the thing. I already knew right. I already knew Ian. I don't, you know, I'd worked with Ian on, on various bits and pieces over the years. I knew Ian and I've, we've got a really good mutual buddy, uh, uh, Ian Stone, who's a very funny comic, but also a massive, massive gooner, Arsenal fan. And had... Ian, uh, the two Ians had actually worked a lot together, and that's sort of how I knew Ian, right? And, and I always got on great with Ian. He, one of Ian's best mates is from Dublin. Uh, so, like, Ian spends loads of time in Ireland. And, uh, and you know, I used to live the part of North London he's from. I, I lived in, you know. I lived, you know, I'd, I'd been up around, lived up and around Arsenal. For a very long time, although when I say that, Ian's actually from South East London, but you get the idea. So, you know, we got on like a house on fire. And like, to be honest, for the first, you know, week, me, Ian, Big Jim Haskell, like, I mean, it was just a lot of just nonsense banter and just dicking around. Like, you know, the, tra- you know, the, the traveling life of sports people is very similar to traveling life of, of entertainers, right? There's an awful lot of hurry up and wait. There's a lot of just filling in the blanks with ridiculous conversations. But then, but me and Ian are very similar men. We're family men. We're like, we're homebodies. We're family men. And, you know, say you turn that corner, the first week kind of flies because you're so, everything's so new. But you get into that middle week and it occurs to you, you're, you're far from home, but you're nowhere near the end either, right? You're, you, you know what I mean? It just starts to get to you. And you're, you are, like, I cannot emphasize, you're starving. <laughs> they keep you just above starvation level. 600 calories a day is what the rice and beans and the odd bits and pieces you're getting into you is all you're getting. 
And most people go through about two and a half thousand calories a day, you know. So, and then, you know, athletes and whatnot, like, you know, Haskell would normally be on 4,000 calories a day. He was on 600. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, that sort of stuff just eventually gets to you, you know. And it, me and Ian, me and Ian just his emotional, <laughs> the emotional starving, tired, you know, missing our family's wall at the same time. You've just, we mentioned about righty and you've explained the prior friendship and the fact that both of your heads were just melted and everyone was hungry, fights happened, whatever else. I can yeah. imagine what you made of the bullying claims that some people made on social media at the time because of the fights that happened, especially now. Like, what's your opinion on them? Well, you know, it wasn't bullying. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, everybody was in the same, was all in the same boat. So at that stage, you know, everybody's knackered, everybody's hungry, everybody's homesick. You, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, Ian's reaction, I could, I could get it. I was in the same boat as him. Like, it was nothing, you know? Simple as, you know, and it's also like a lot of people really struggle to sleep in there. A jungle is noisy, you know, and we had massive fruit bats just swooping over our heads all oh night. Oh, God, like, no. They're, they're, totally, they're totally harmless, but like, you know what I mean? I know, but I even mean, the noise in itself would, I wouldn't do well with now. Yeah, 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 there is, there's a real sort of swooshing of their, <laughs> you know, but like... You know, so I certainly didn't see it like that. You know, I didn't see this bullying. You know, I I just saw. Yeah, because obviously we all hung out after we got out. We're all, you know, we're all by the pool in the Versace, and it was a good thing that me and Ian got on well because the whole time my missus and Ian's missus and our daughters had been hanging out by the poolside, (laughs) (laughs) watching it all. So, no, like it was, it was all good. Like I mean. It's not like it was coming from a, where the hell is that coming? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where's that come from? I know where it come from. The guy's knackered, hungry and homesick, just like me. Like, so there's nothing there. Like. And you can hear an extended interview with Andrew Maxwell in which he discusses the fallout of not doing the dishes, his relationship with Caitlyn Jenner and the inner workings of I'm a Celeb on this bonus episode. Before we go, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and keep up to date with our daily take on all things I'm a Celebrity. From me, Fanula J, I'll talk to you on tomorrow's Hooked On I'm a Celeb. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. 